anyway, I'm going to jump into the message this morning. I really sense the presence of God here today. Um, and I really believe that God is, is doing something in our church. And I don't just mean in our service, but I'm talking about in people's lives. And we're believing God to do some pretty incredible things for you. And today I want to jump to the book of Proverbs as we kick off this new message series today. Proverbs chapter 21, chapter 4, verse 21 through 27. You can follow along on the screen right there. It says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. That's, that's so good right there. Fill, my, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Watch this. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. So watch this. This is so interesting because he's talking about Keep an eye out on your heart. Guard it. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being because that's the wellspring of life. And watch how he begins to address behaviors right here. He says, avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose. Look straight ahead. Watch this. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick, stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. That's some powerful scripture that we're going to be using to start this new series today. I want us to pray as we jump in and as we pray, I'm going to ask you to not just listen to the message, but put your heart into this message. I believe what we're about to share over the next few weeks is the struggle of our culture. It is the struggle of our culture. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are powerful, that you are mighty, and that there is absolutely nothing that is impossible for you. The things that we struggle with, Father, are nothing compared to the power that you have to deliver us, to strengthen us through them. And so, Lord, right now, we open our hearts to hear your word, not just ideas. But, Father, we're praying for revelation from your Holy Spirit that will make your word come alive and that it will be life-giving to our very souls, that it will get past our ideas and get down into our heart. And I pray, God, from our heart, there will be true change. So, Lord, I ask you to use me today just to be a voice. I pray, God, that I will represent you well sharing this message. And I pray, God, it will change us, not just for a season, but, Father, it will change us for the rest of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Today, we're kicking off a new message series called All the Feels all the feels. And I want to talk about winning the battle over our feelings. 
Again, I really believe that this is the biggest struggle in our world today. We think it's all the other stuff, but I think it's our feelings about all the other stuff that we're really struggling with. A lot of people, they say, watch this, they say they want a new job, and they would even pray and believe, but the fear to step out and actually go for it is where the struggle really is. So God could bring job opportunities their way, but the fear to go for it would keep them from actually receiving it. And it's these feelings that are holding us hostage, feeling like nobody in the room wants me to be here when half the people were praying for you to be there. It's these different things that become the core struggles of our lives and they morph, they, they grow into these things that we never expected that they would be and eventually begins to make all the decisions of our lives for us and we realize I'm not where I want to be, I don't like where I'm at and we're trying to figure out how we got there and how did somebody else get so much further along and perhaps it's because one person was living in a realm of faith and the other was relying completely on their feelings. And so today we're going to unpack this a little bit. And I'm going to start out by telling you this is just going to be a little pastoral confession time, if you will. I'm a very feeling kind of person. I'm super emotional. And if you get close to me, you will find that out because I can get pretty mad and I can get pretty sad. Like, watch this. I get fired up every single Sunday about church. Like, literally, I could chest bump every person in this room, tackle people when it's Sunday because I'm just fired up about it. And others of you, is like, if I make it, great. If I don't, we'll catch the podcast. That, that, that makes me lose my mind because I can't see why you wouldn't want to be here. I mean, this is the best thing happening on the planet. I mean, seriously. I mean, I know football season's coming up, and I love that, but you better believe I am not missing Sunday because of some football game. I mean, come on, I'll just throw that in there before the season starts. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so I got to get super emotional and fired up for this kind of stuff. Um, so my, my daughter does dance, okay, and so she does some lyrical dance, and uh, it, it, it's really beautiful stuff. And so they always pick these songs that are like tearjerker songs. And so she gets to dance to it. And so the last dance that she did was to uh, this. It's a version of the song, This Little Light of Mine. And it's not the little cute little nursery rhyme version. It's like this more contemporary version. And, and it has a lot of emotion and feels on it. And I, I, Cynthia and I are sitting there watching her dance. And, you know, you're trying to, like, suck it up, buttercup, a little bit. And so you're sitting there and you're watching. And you start swallowing really hard. And I just look up, man. That's what I do. I just look up because if I keep looking straight, the tears will start coming down my face. It's just, you get, I'm, I'm emotional. Other people will sit there and watch and like, that's nice. And I don't understand that because, like, I got a lot of emotions whenever I watch sports. And, and Cynthia gets mad at me about this because she's emotional, too. Don't, don't let her fool you. She's emotional, too. And so, like, when I watch sports teams, especially my sports teams, I lose my mind over any any other guys do that and she's like you have to calm down I'm like why she's like you're the pastor of the church <laughs> and this is what I tell her I have no area in my life none that I can truly express all my feelings and get away with it except for when I watch sports because they don't hear me Santa, I was watching TV, and I just get so fired. Like when they call the same play over and over again on first down, second down, third down, fourth down, we got zero yards, I'm losing my mind. And some of you, you know what I'm talking about, just oh, fires me up, and I'm like losing my mind. You need to calm down. You got to preach tomorrow. 
I know, but just let me have my moment. Just all the feelings, man, just get just really, really, really worked up. I hope you've, I'm making you feel better about your emotional state. I want to tell you one of the most vivid memories of feelings in my life. It was in my childhood. I was 12 years old, and we were playing baseball out in the field. We lived on family land, so it was a bunch of us. So we didn't have enough people to play baseball and have all the bases, so we would do straight base. Anybody ever played straight base baseball before? Some of you are like, I have no clue what that is. That's like basically there's first plate, first base, and home. That's it. You hit the ball, you run to first. The next guy up hits the ball, you run home. That's just how it works when you got limited people. So we were playing straight base baseball, and my uncle was an all-time pitcher. Okay, He pitched for both teams, and so we were trying to stretch this thing out a little bit. And so I got up to bat, and I mean, I just hit a bomb. And, uh, you know, feeling pretty good about myself. So I'm doing my trot straight to first. Turn around, coming straight back home. And my uncle had an extra baseball. He picks it up, and he tags me out. And he's like, oh, you're out, you're out. And he just starts, I mean, just really, really making fun of me because I was trying to enjoy my moment. You know, you hit the home run, pop the chain, run to first, and run back. And so some of you, you have no idea. Others of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. And so I'm coming back, and he tags me, and he's just rubbing it in my face. And as a 12-year-old child, I struck my uncle in the face. I lost it that day and just popped him in the face. And God really restrained him from losing his mind on me. And he sent me home, and my dad really, really ministered to me. And I remember, you know what my dad did? My dad made me write the book of Proverbs. Now, I'm not the author, okay? Solomon is. I just wrote what Solomon wrote. (laughs) Kind of like writing lines. So don't think I wrote Proverbs, please. (laughs) I had a temper. I got in a lot of fights when I was a kid. I got kicked off the bus for a week in fourth grade. There was this guy on the bus. I know, some of you don't, you don't think I can throw, but trust me. <laughs> there was this one dude. His name was Jude. There was this one dude on my bus, and every day he would mess with me. And, and we got into it on the bus, and evidently we didn't finish it on the bus because in the hallway that day at school, he started messing with me again. True story. I didn't know I could do this. I grabbed him, picked him up, and slammed him against the wall. And I realized what I was doing. Well, then the teacher realized what I was doing, too. And it was that awkward moment in fourth grade where the assistant principal comes walking the classroom like towards the end of the day and asks to see me in his office. Mr. Mack was his name. And Mr. Mack informed me that I would not be riding the bus for a week and I needed to call my parents to come pick me up today. I have emotional parents. (laughs) And I want you to know all the feels were happening on that day. All the feelings were flying out that day. When I go watch my boys play sports, I'm telling you, I get fired up. If you're an umpire, I apologize ahead of time. If you're a referee, I apologize ahead of time. I just, I'm working on it. The Lord's dealing with me. It's my struggle. It's where I'm at. But I'm just emotional about that stuff. Um, Every year on our church anniversary, Every single year, it doesn't matter what's going on, what we got planned, during the music, I'm just crying. 
just, I can't believe this has happened. I can't believe we're here. I can't believe people came. I can't believe people keep coming. It's like really, really, I'm serious. I get very, very um, emotional about it. And what I've learned is this, is that some people, they just have all the feelings. They do. They're really, really emotional. And then there are other people that it seems like they have no feelings. You know what I'm saying? It's like we're all fired up, and they're just like, yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with you? And I don't, I don't get it because I, I come from a family that has a lot of feeling. And listen, we're from South Louisiana. There's a lot of Cajun influence there. And we're just like fired up all the time, you know. And, and, and so it, it can make it a challenge sometimes whenever you're around people that maybe not, they may not demonstrate their feelings in the same way. But different people, different feelings, how do we do life with them? How do we live with them? You know what I'm saying? Like when you have one person that is really, really emotional in the relationship and the other person that is not so relational and everybody thinks that it's a big relationship problem. Really, it's just two different personalities that are trying to head in the same direction. But when we don't deal with these feelings or the lack of feelings, what happens is we begin to think that something is wrong because it doesn't feel right. Now, listen, I, I, I love the you got to go with your gut thing. I do. I mean, and I try to use more discernment than just my gut because sometimes our gut is not healthy. And I ain't just talking about because of what we ate. I'm talking about because of what's been deposited into our life through the years that has affected our perspective. So this week I was at the grocery store where shopping is a pleasure. And I saw this magazine right here at the checkout and it says the science of happiness new discoveries for a more joyful life relationships exercise inner life diet meditation and I thought boy that sounds like something I want to do first sentence in the magazine basically says that your happiness has nothing to do with your health some of you like that ain't true it's in Time Magazine. This thing was $14.99, by the way. And the only reason why I bought it was because I wanted to show you today. And I started reading through some of this, and it is all completely self-centered. It is all about you doing what you want. I mean, it, really, it's all about me time. It's all about you can't do this, and you got to do this for you, and you can't do anything for other people. And I want to tell you that most of this goes completely against the stuff that is in our Bible. And what's crazy is that we're buying this, and we're selling this. And we're pushing this. And we're bringing this into our Christianity. And we're trying to mix a little bit of the Bible with a little bit of the magazine. And we're trying to create some kind of world where we can do all of it. And really that's painting the picture of a broad road that leads to destruction instead of the narrow road that leads to life. And it's based off of what feels good. And I've lived long enough in my life to know that everything that is good may not feel good. I know. Listen, for some of you, you're getting mad right now. I don't live like that. Positive vibes for me. I'm aligned with the universe. Listen, NASA. Come on. I got three kids at the house. 
that don't always feel like it. And it's like, I mean, I'm serious. We got some alignment to do. And I don't know if the universe is involved or if it's just three kids. I need more than positive vibes. I need prayer. Come on. Positive, send positive vibes my way. Yes, do that. Be, be in a good mood about it, but pray too. Here's what's crazy. We're being marketed with products, materials, education, political views. Oh, yeah, we can go there. Based off of feelings. And because of that, there's a confusion that ultimately leads to a division. And we're at odds with each other, but yet we're trying to find harmony. But yet, if you're entitled to feel however you want, you're entitled to feel however you want, they're entitled to feel however they want, good luck getting everybody on the same page on any given day, much less any given minute. Because things are happening all over around us. And look, people are trying to do unity and all this stuff. Unity is very hard to do whenever you're living by your feelings. It's hard to have order whenever we're living by our feelings. This is what's happening in our homes, though. We don't have order because we're living by our, our feelings. And listen, I need you to know I'm not upset with feelings because I have them. I'm a very, very emotional person, as Cynthia. Like, I am an emotional person. Now, I'm not falling apart. I'm not taking medication. I'm not seeing anybody. Some of you are like, you probably should. But whoever said amen, I'll see you after service. I think I know who said it, too. I'll tell you what, I'll book the appointment after me for you. Here's the thing, though. There's nothing wrong with being emotional. Seriously, there's nothing wrong. And all the non-emotional people are like, yeah, there is. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being non-emotional. This is just our personalities, man. And everybody's personality is different. And sometimes we have a hard time accepting that because we feel like it would be more convenient if everybody was just like me. That would not be a good idea. So you can have emotions... But what about when your emotions have you? What about where the emotions are controlling everything? I've learned that I have to be able to control my emotions or my emotions will control me. So today what I want to talk about is feelings versus faith. And this is huge because both play a huge part in our lives. Um, we're taught to validate our feelings, and validate the feelings of other people. And that's important. Because there was a time in our society where we didn't give much validation. Uh, some of the parenting techniques was more of my way or the highway. And so we were leading people out of threats and fear rather than helping them to live in faith. And maybe you have a background like that. It shapes different things about you and your perception and your outlook. Uh, it affects the atmosphere of your home, too, by the way, in case you didn't know. Um, so both of these play a huge part in our lives, the faith, the feelings, validation of the feelings, paying attention to them, giving consideration to them. All of that's true, but I need us to know that we are more than our feelings. I thought about playing the Boston song right here, More Than a Feeling. I thought that would be appropriate, but... Some of you are religious, and you would lose your mind and say that church doesn't love the Lord, so we didn't do it. 
didn't want to watch this hurt your feelings. So anyway, <clears throat> but do you know someone who always seems to be in a bad mood? There was a teacher. I remember this in elementary school. There was this lady who was a teacher, and I don't know if it was just the way that she had her eyebrows done and all that stuff. She just always looked angry, like mad. Seriously, and you knew if you got Miss Gray. If you had Miss Gray, you knew it is over for you. Like, this lady is going to, like, end your life in the third grade. And I had friends that had her, and they were like, she's the nicest lady you will ever meet. Like, she does not look like that in the hall. She just looks like she is mad. But do you know somebody It just seems like they're always in a bad mood? Like, their feelings become so dominant that it's literally become, like, their identity. Like, you just, you, you, you see them, you hear them, and you just think, mm, okay, let me put up the shield of faith, because there they are. It just seems like they're in a bad mood, and sooner or later, it be, kind of becomes like an identity for them. There they are. Or, how about this? Have you ever heard the phrase, if it feel, feels good, do it? If it feels good, do it. And I tell you, I think that's a phrase that we have definitely bought into. Um, because it does satisfy our feelings. But what happens whenever uh, your feelings are, are greater than your bank account? You see, what happens when your feelings are greater than the people around you and they just don't feel like it? And then we go, that's where things begin to break down because if you don't have the money to do it, you're mad because you want to do whatever you want to do because it feels good. And then other people don't want to do what you want to do. You're mad at them. And now you got relationship issues because why don't you ever want to do what we want to do? You always want to just do that, which is nothing. Can you see how this can escalate into some serious issues relationally? And sometimes this stuff's happening right there in the context of marriages, parent relationships. So doing something just because it feel, feels good isn't always a good idea. And we have to overcome some feelings in order to do the right things. Listen, there are times where you're going to feel like doing something. It's just straight up wrong. Am I right? Just straight up wrong. I can remember back in my earlier years just feeling like doing stuff that was like illegal. Like you get a bunch of teenage boys together, put a tent in the middle of the woods. 11 o'clock comes around, you're bored. You come up with some ideas of things that are completely wrong. And there are guys in here laughing because you did them. Like showing yourself to cars as they pass on the highway. Yeah. Kids are like, what is he talking about? And everybody who's older are like, oh, yeah, we did that before. It just feels good to do some crazy things. But that doesn't mean that it's right. And when we live by this, we put ourselves in the, in the position to do some things that are very wrong. So Proverbs 4, 23, we read it, it says, Guard the affections of, a, of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, meaning your feelings, for from there flows the wellspring of life. And basically what the verse is saying is you've got to keep your emotions, your feelings in check. Don't let your emotions control the flow of your life. Now, I want to share something with you today. That I think, and this is one statement that you should write down, okay? Um, we got blanks on your notes for some points I'm going to share in a moment, but you want to jot this down, okay? God designed your emotions to be gauges and not guides. This is good. They're meant to be a gauge, 
not a guy. Something like gauge. Okay, so like there are gauges on your dashboard that tell you like how fast you're going, that tell you if your battery is charged, how many RPM. Listen, if you're in first gear and you're up to six on the RPMs, either you're driving too fast or something's wrong with your transmission. Okay, seriously. And that little E thing that most of you ride when that light comes on, that means get some gas. Don't continue to drive. Go get some gas. These are gauges, though, that let you know what's going on. And if we see our feelings completely as our guides, they're going to take us down some roads that we should have never gone down. Because there's a place for feelings, but there's always the place for wisdom, discernment, understanding, knowledge, discretion. Are you hearing these words? When you read through the book of Proverbs, there, there's this word wisdom that is thrown out there. There are 12 different words for this one word wisdom. And we need all of these different things in order to navigate through this life because our feelings don't always use wisdom. Our emotions are not always thinking like you can get so fired up and say some things to somebody. And if you had just used some wisdom, you probably would have held back. But now because you didn't use wisdom and I gave them a piece of my mind, you could say something that cuts off the relationship for the rest of your life. Because it was emotional. And you didn't really want to say it that way, but your emotions were so hyped that it came out that way. And now it's done, it's done some damage. And you don't know how to retract it. And you're not sure if they will ever forgive what you just said. And so now you got this emotional entanglement that you don't even know how to fix. That's why we got to use some wisdom with it. And this is why it's important that we let our emotions be gauges and not guides. Meaning this, you can't depend on feeling good to do everything. Many times it's doing the right things and then the right feelings follow. Like here's something. If you don't feel like getting out of bed every day and you just choose to go with that feeling, you're going to lose your job. And it's not because you got a bad boss. It's not because they don't understand your life situation. It's because you didn't feel like it. And you didn't manage your feelings well enough and it caught up with you to the point that you lost something that was of value to you. But if you choose, even though you don't feel like it, to get up out of the bed and go to work because you know it's the right thing to do, typically by lunchtime, you'll be glad because now you have that PTO day for something that you want to do later on. But a lot of times it's just in the moment emotions that we're making decisions off of. It's in the moment decisions where we hear something, we react, we respond. And next thing you know, these things begin to snowball. And I want to really set the tone for this, this whole series because at the end of the day, what we want to balance out our emotions with is with faith. This is so important because both of them are a flavor of faith. Can we say it that way? Both of them involve your faith. I have found that even with the things of God, I don't always have this drive, this like, I feel like doing it. There are responsibilities that I have as a pastor in the church where I want you to know, I don't always just feel like, yeah, let's go do this. Like, yeah, so let's go. Let's go. This is going to be awesome. Sometimes it's like, I don't feel like doing it, but I know it has to be done. Amen. That's why I love the people that like serve in kids ministry, because it's it's got to be done. Am I right? Like a, a lot, it's easy to say, but that's not my gift. That's not my gift. That is so easy to say and so convenient. But I have never, ever seen someone gifted to change a diaper in my life. It's just got to be done. Am I right? Am I right? And so people will say, well, I just don't feel called to children's ministry. Listen, 
You don't have to feel called to children's ministry. You just got to help change a diaper. <laughs> Clap for that right there. That's good. That's really good. But you see what I'm saying? We're following these feelings instead of taking steps of faith. And because of that, we wind up in neutral situations, which enables our emotions to take us wherever they want us to go. So you got to position yourself in faith so that when the storms come, you're not all over the place. I can be emotional, but that doesn't mean I'm all over the place because I know how to be serious. I know how to be disciplined. Still working on it, too, y'all. The pattern of our emotions, it gives us a reading on where we're putting our hope and what we're valuing, what we're believing. It helps us to see what's important to us. Like, think of this. When you become emotional about your team and you're excited That's because you like them. God help us to always stay emotional about our families. Am I right? To stay emotional about our spouses. Stay emotional about our... I'm not talking about angry either, (laughs) y'all. Don't go to bed angry is what the Bible says. Our feelings shows us where we've allowed our heart to go. Listen to that. It shows us where we've allowed our heart to go. And you have to understand that even though you have a heart for God, you also have a sin nature too. That's why it's easy to revert back to old behaviors. It's easy. Let somebody come press the right button. I hadn't lost my temper in a long time. But I have to be aware of a sin nature in my life. That somebody can press a button and I can go right back to 12 years, 12 years old. I have to know the potential for that. And if I, don't know, if I don't see the potential for that, I won't prepare for those moments. This is so important. Because a lot of times we think, I gave my life to the Lord, everything has changed. Listen, there's still a lot of you that need to be sanctified. A lot of us that need to be redeemed, okay? And so all of these different things come into play with our emotions, with our decision-making, with our faith. So watch this. We're building our lives on some kind of foundation. And this is what's going to determine if we stand the test, the trials, and the storms. And when we build on our feelings, we're literally building on sand. And when the storms come, and when the winds come, all of it falls. And this is what's so deceiving. Sand is little pieces of rock. Think of it. It's little pieces of rock. But the Bible tells us to build your life, build your house on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. Not a little bit of this, not a little bit of that. Bring it all together and let me put together my magic that holds it all in one place. No, we have to build our lives on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. That's why our faith in Jesus is so imperative for us to win the battle over our feelings. It is so imperative because when we're doing that, we're building our lives on the rock. And the Bible says when we build our lives on the rock, when the storms come, we will not fall. Let's say it like this. We will not fall apart. Amen? So let's break this verse down in Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to give you three points. It says, now faith is the assurance. And I wanted to use the Amplified Bible to give you the the broken down Definitions of this. Faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for that are divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen. 
the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith versus feelings. We live in a world that's more in tune with our feelings than our faith. We prefer to take little pieces of that, little pieces of this, put it together and create our own, than submit fully to one that is already whole. And emotionally, we're trying to get whole. But we're trying all these different pieces that have no common connection. And our lives become a reflection of the things that we chase. It's a collection of the things that we chase. We look for sweet Bible verses instead of meat Bible verses. We like the sugar and the sweet, but we need to eat the meat. And when we preach the meat, we get our feelings hurt because it feels like you're coming at me, bro. And it's not so much that we're coming at you as much as we're coming for you. Because God is for you. We're trying to tame our feelings by managing them. But we're not taking the time to build our faith. We're reading a lot of self-help books about what you can do in particular situations. Which is helpful. But I need you to know there are situations that there is no book for. There are things that will happen in your life. There are things that will be told to you in your life. There is no book for it yet. That can prepare you for how you need to respond. Other than God's word. We're looking for what I need to do. What I need to believe. But faith in Christ isn't just what. It's who. He is the firm foundation. Watch this. It's not Christianity that is your firm foundation. It's Jesus. It's not just the faith that I practice. That holds me strong. It's the one in whom I believe. And we get better at practicing our religion than living a life of faith in Christ Jesus. And as a result, we're all over the place trying to put faith stickers on every little situation. Let me throw a little faith sticker. Good job. Everything's going to be all right. I can remember singing this song back in the day. I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. And I'll never forget the Sunday night Abigail's grandpa, Brother Ed Bledsoe, he came up on the stage when they were singing that song and he said, now stop that. Stop singing that song. Because you don't even believe what you're singing. Because you're singing it right here, but tomorrow can you sing it when you're facing it. And the point he was making is, where's your faith? And I ask you that today. Where's your faith? We're just overwhelmed with anxiety. And the Bible says, cast all your cares upon him. Got a lot going on in my life, so I'm not happy right now. But yet, the Bible promises the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit. We're living in contradiction to God's very word. Are, are, are you grabbing this? Like, I, and I need you to hear where I'm coming from because I'm an emotional person. I got to deal with it too. But at some point, we got to get past the sweets and start eating the meat of God's word and start growing and watch this maturing in our faith to the point that when we get in these situations we're not falling apart 
but we're standing strong. Let me give you three points really quick. That's going to help you. If you're going to live a life faith, you have to know that faith gives you confidence. Faith gives me confidence. When I live by faith, I'm determined to be who God wants me to be. And it helps me to be steady, to be consistent. But when I follow my feelings, I get confused. I'm up one moment and I'm down the next. So my confidence comes from who I am in Christ. Did you hear what I said? It comes from who I am in Christ. He has a plan for me and he gives me the victory. And so whether I feel like I'm enough or I'm not enough, I know I can stand strong because in Christ, I am more than a conqueror. And listen, the reason I know that is because I've been going to his word. And so this isn't just my sugar verses. This is the stuff that I've been chewing on for a long time. And I've chewed on it long enough to know now that I can be confident because I know that God is with me. And even though there are weapons formed against me, they will not prosper. Doesn't mean that the enemy's not coming in attacking. It just means that when he attacks, there's a stronghold that I'm standing in. I have confidence. A lot of us, we lack confidence because our feelings are all over the place. Here's the second thing. Faith gives me conviction. I'm not just talking about faith, by the way. Oh, I have faith. What's your faith? I'm talking about faith in Jesus Christ. This is what I'm talking about. Not your version of faith. I'm talking about faith in Christ Jesus as our Savior, as our Lord, as the only way. You said you're being disrespectful to other people's of faith. I am being respectful of the one way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. And you believe whatever you want to believe, but I choose to stand in confidence and stand with conviction. So when I live by faith in Jesus, I have standards of living to be the best that I can be. I am not settling for substandard living. I am not living Christianity from a poverty mindset, but I'm living from a place of prosperity because it is God's will that you prosper. Let me say it again. It's God's will that you prosper. And too long are we just saying, I just want to make it to heaven, even if it's by the skin of my teeth. You don't have skin on your teeth, and if you do, go to the dentist. But God's got more for you than just making it. Come on, I've got a conviction about this that holds me in place. And I'm motivated by the Holy Spirit to live right. And when I follow my feelings, watch this though, I'm tempted to compromise. Tempted to compromise because whatever feels good, do it. But with the Holy Spirit, there's some things that do not feel good. But I know if I do it, the fulfillment, the right feelings are right there doesn't feel good to make some serious commitments because now you got to give some things up but when you're doing the things that God told you to commit to and you start seeing the fruit you start to realize this was stuff that I always wanted to do this was things that I was hoping that I would get to do what is it though it's a conviction that holds you in place just because it feels good doesn't mean it's right so I build my life on godly standards rather than personal emotions because I don't want to compromise God's eternal best for my momentary pleasure. God's got too much good for me to give up because I didn't feel like it or because I felt like doing something else. I want God's best. Here's the last thing. Faith gives me confirmation. I'm assured by my faith, not because of what happens, 
but because of who already knows the outcome. My dad told me this so many times. He said, God already knows the outcome. Praying about a building. This is what my dad tells me every time I talk to him about praying for a building for our church. Son, God already knows where it's at. I'm like, well, why doesn't he tell me? He already knows. The outcome of this dilemma that you're fighting, God already knows. He already knows. And it's confirming to know that I can trust him because he's got good plans. And it will be contradictory to think otherwise. Contradictory to his word, contradictory to his nature. God's got good plans for me. And because of that, I can be confirmed. My feelings might tell me I don't know. But my faith tells me God is good. God is for me. God is with me. So my faith doesn't depend on the outcomes. But it leans and wholly trusts in Jesus Christ. The solid rock on which I stand. Are you hearing this today? I've got more than a feeling that everything is going to be all right. I got faith in the one who causes all things to work together for my good. Because even the things that I did because of my feelings that didn't turn out good, God is able to make it all work together for my good. Come on, some of you know you made some emotional decisions and God has had to redeem it and clean up behind you. He's been carrying the mop, but God's used that to get you to where you are today. Because God's been faithful. Here's the challenge for us. Even though I'm emotional, I still have to be faithful. Because God is faithful. So here's the practical. This is where we wrap it up. Because you want to know how to build faith. The first thing, you build it by going to God's word. Eat some meat. Get some Bible in you. Listen to some sermons and not just the ones that are nice. Go listen to the ones that challenges the very core of what you're dealing with right now. Say, well, I don't want a hellfire and broom. I don't either. But I do need somebody that challenges my feelings and make me think beyond what I'm comfortable with. Come on. And watch this. Don't just listen to the sweet songs. Don't just listen to the sweet ones. Go listen to the ones that challenge you. Like taking steps of faith. Come on. This is real. Everybody's mood just changed just now when I said that. Here's the second thing with your faith. You got to speak it. Don't go read your Bible and write a bunch of stuff in your journal if you're going to talk like you've always talked. Start speaking it. The doctor told us this, but we're believing for a miracle. The job market looks like this, but we know God's opening doors. Come on, what am I doing? I'm just speaking in faith. And a lot of people, that's just positivity. Whatever you want to call it, it is standing in faith. And we've got to get to the point that we no longer are so complaining about everything that's broken, but standing in faith for everything that God can do that is right. Come on, that's good. So you got to speak it. If your life's going to change, start speaking it. Why do you think that verse started addressing speech right after it said, guard your heart? Speech immediately. And then here's the last thing. You got to build it, you got to speak it, but you got to work it. You got to work it. I got to go for it. Faith without works is dead. Meaning, pray about it, but take a step in it. I don't know what to do about this job. Pray about it and take a step of faith. I'm not saying be dumb. I'm not saying be crazy. Get some wise counsel. But at some point, take a step. With your healing, at some point, you got to take a step. 
with your marriage, at some point you gotta take a step. What's your life changing at? some point, you got to take a step. We can pray about it all day. We can talk about it all day. We can read about it for years. But at some point, i got to take a step because I am not going to go anywhere until I take a step somewhere. Come on. What's your next step? What is your next step? It's time to take your step of faith. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here today, you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm not just talking about somebody that makes everything all right. I'm talking about someone that you build your life upon. The rock, the redeemer. And perhaps you built your life on religion. Perhaps you built your life on good works. Trying to be a good person. But today, you want to build your life on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. Surrendering your life to him. Allowing him who has a good plan for you to save you, forgive you, change your life, and set your feet on a solid foundation. If that's you today, will you just slip up a hand and say, Pastor, I'm away from God. Will you pray for me today? Anyone else? Pastor, I'm away from God. I'm away from God. Hands are going up. Anyone else? Pastor, I'm away from God. I need to come and surrender to him today. Anyone else? Anyone else? Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for the good plans that you have for my life. Today, I surrender my life completely to you. I want to build my life on the solid rock of Christ Jesus. I choose to follow you. I choose your ways above my ways. I ask you to forgive me for every decision and every sin and everything that I've done contrary to your will from now on I'm living my life your way in Jesus name amen and amen come on put your hands together